0: Terry Mom Talk Radio, we know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. Now, in our 16th season, with over 500 episodes in 17 countries, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd.
1: everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Erin Carey of Sparking Wholeness and we are talking today about food and mental health. Now I have to tell you, Erin, as I recover from my chemotherapy treatments uh, a year and a half ago, my body has changed so much and what I put in it has changed so much all to the better and I had no idea how bad I felt, not just physically but emotionally. This is not in my head, is it?
2: No, it is not. And it's interesting. I think a lot of people don't know how bad they feel until they start making some changes and start feeling better, right? I I think that's a very... Real thing. And so yes, the what we put into our bodies, the food that we eat, they convert to the neurotransmitters, which are the chemical messengers of our brain, like serotonin and dopamine and GABA, the things that make us feel calm and not anxious, but motivated, and not tired, you know, so I mean, this is all all of that is made from food that we eat. And I'm amazed at how many people we we forget, you know, we get into the routine of just same old, same old, we're busy, we're running our kids from one thing to the next. And when we stop and and we're intentional about what food we're eating, it absolutely impacts our mental health in many ways.
1: Well, yeah. And I think a lot of what happens is especially I know, you know, with young kids, and now I have my dad who's 89 and had a stroke last year. So it's not that he's a young kid, but there's big similarities, Aaron. like you have mm-hmm. to run, food's got to be on time, you need to help with showers and bedtime routines and, you know, getting clothes laid out, you know, there, there's actually a lot of similarities between the two. I think the biggest difference is that, you know, an older person can communicate better. However, when my dad had a stroke, not so much. But I was so busy running, running, running. I never stopped to think. I never stopped to check. Am I tired? Am I hungry? It was just Mm got to get done. Got to get done. Got to get here. Got to get there. And I know many times I'm sick, like physically sick. Like I have a cold and I just grab that tissue and go and dinner gets Mm -hmm. on the table, you know, whether I'm sick or not so i do think there's like a general level of like mom a's like malaise like like, (laughs) you know where you're just you get used to being tired you get used to being stressed and that becomes your normal so like on sundays you know like after church when i lay down like i get all my chores done and then like by three o'clock i'm like i'm gonna lay down and take a nap i feel terrible but that's my normal. And I think that's the thing is we get adjusted to this normal of being exhausted. So when our kids start to age out, we still accept that as normal. And that's what I did.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of us are just going through life on autopilot mode and we're not checking, we're checking in on everybody else, but ourselves, right? It's like, I know how to ask, I'll ask them, are you hungry? Do you need a snack? Or I I packed snacks for my kids. Do I think about what I want to pack for myself. No. And I mean, that's one of the foundational principles. I think when I work with clients, it's just, okay, how can you nourish yourself this week? And nourishment doesn't have to be in food form. Of course. I love talking about all things food, which is what we're talking about.
1: Erin, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, I have been in and out of therapy for 17 years because I've been a single mom for 17 years. I've been a step-parent, a co-parent. I've been full-time working, part-time working. I gained weight. I lost weight. I had stage 3C cancer for 18 months. These are really big life issues, and my mom passed away. So I really needed the help of a good therapist to help me navigate all of these changes, these issues, these stressors. And it was like having this, this miracle worker on speed dial that I could say, look, I'm sick and I have these problems and she'd tell me solutions. She'd help me think through what solution is best for me. And she gave me insight that I didn't have, like this bird's eye view to explain, you know, my kids are scared because I'm sick and that's why they're reacting. So I can reassure them and calm the household down. Like I can set better boundaries. I can do all sorts of things. As long as I know what to do. And that's why I really think therapy is so important. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist or switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com military mom today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. dot slash military mom. I want you to visit betterhelp.com slash military mom today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. hel slash, slash, to help, slash military mom. Now we're talking today with Erin Carey about how food impacts our mental health. And sometimes we're not even hungry or thirsty. We're just tired.
2: Do you need to take a nap, right? Do you need to slow it down? Do you need to take a a bath before you go to sleep, just to wind down the brain, you know, and, and to kind of slow things down. So you're able to sleep because sleep is foundational. There are so many things that we just, when we're on autopilot we're not checking in. And when we're on autopilot, we are running out of key nutrients and minerals that we need, like B vitamins, things like magnesium and other electrolytes. We are just going, going, going. And I don't know about you, but I I keep my big old water bottle with me all the time. That's the one thing I'm always, (laughs) I always have with me. Right. But drinking all that water constantly, and I'm I'm losing electrolytes in that process. And so there are things, especially with stress, right? So there are things that we can be doing to replenish ourselves, but we're on autopilot and we're not thinking about it.
1: Well, and that's one of the funny things I'm going to hold up. This is my coffee cup in the morning. It's a huge, <laughs> like 30 ounce. It says, excuse my foul mood. And when I'm running on this cup, I know I'm super stressed. And what I try to do, and this is just a little practice, I think. This is my grandma's teacup. Okay. When she died, I oh, took I love her that. Teacup. So it's got daisies on it, a gold handle, but it's a teacup. And I look at the teacup. And I look at my big honkin, you know, jug. What is the status of my day? The status of my day is grab some big thing, drag it with you because you don't know when you're going to stop. So I've made this commitment to myself and I'm using my dead grandma because it, it kind of makes me smile and my dead mom. So I have like the dead parent tea party, which kind of, sounds really gross, except <laughs> the thing is they've passed on and I sit down with a tea bag, which was my mom and a cup of, you know, from my grandma and I take a minute to breathe. Mm-hmm. and i realize that i am in the position of these women in this line this lineage of my mom and my grandma and my grandma ran a store with my grandpa who was a butcher you know she lived to 90. she was healthy she was vibrant my mom who had tons of stress and didn't have that great a life she died at 74 from cancer Hmm. so i look at these things and go what is my life going to be every day because if i grab this big jug every day it means that I'm not slowing down ever until I fall asleep in bed at night. Now, granted, when I pick up my teacup and I put some tea in there, it's an adjustment because I'm like, man, I do not have time to drink this tea. I do not have to, I got this, 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 this. Well, that's when I need to drink it the most. Not that tea is the greatest thing in the world versus coffee, but the point is you
2: can't glug a cup of tea. That's so true. And you bring up such a good point. I mean, if we're talking about nutrition for mental health, right? Like yeah. I think a foundational concept for me is a body and stress won't digest. You've heard me say it a thousand times. Sure. I say it to myself all day long and even with mealtime, right? I'm, and I'll be honest, there are times, yeah, I'm eating in the car or I'm standing up and eating, which is a big no, no for me, but you do it. We all do it. Sure. There are, I really try to make sure that at least one meal of my day, at least one, I am sitting down, I'm chewing my food. I'm truly pausing for my body to be able to rest and digest. That's key. That's crucial because if we aren't doing that, our body isn't going to use those vitamins and minerals we need from food. It's not going to break it down and it's not going to be able to utilize them to give us better mood health. Right. And so, so many people come to me like, Oh, what do I eat? What should I eat for my mental health? What should I eat for my health period? What should I eat for my hormones? Like just start with, slowing down your meal time, chew more. The only thing we can control when we eat is how much we chew. That's it. The rest of it is left up to our body and the state of stress we're under. Right? right. And so I love the idea of with, whether it's tea or food being intentional to slow down your body appreciates that we can only run on autopilot for so long. And then that filters over to our sleep. It makes our street sleep stressful. And I, you know, I think about My yoga practice, I don't get to do yoga, but maybe three days a week, but that's one hour, three days a week where I'm intentionally slowing down. I wish I could do it more, but at least I have that. Right. So I think that's key for mental health and and nutrients is just, where am I going to slow down for nourishment for myself instead of, you know, solving all the problems of everybody else in the world, in my life.
1: Right. Well, that's the thing, like with my little grandma teacup, it is a reminder. And I think that we have to have, I know I have to have, I wouldn't say we, I'm not going to speak for you, but I have to have reminders like touch points around my house because I'm blowing in and blowing out. You know, I've got, you know, 50 to do's on my phone. I'm getting alerts. I'm getting calls. I'm getting texts, all these things. And when I see my little teacup sitting there, it's a reminder to slow down down. What do you use as
2: a reminder to slow down? Oh, that's such a good question. My, my reminder to slow down is truly my lunchtime. I have to br- make an intentional break for lunch because I get to work from home, which is nice. I haven't right. always been able to do that. Uh, but when I can choose to slow down for lunch and set my phone aside, that is a reminder for me. But yeah, it, it takes that intentionality. I don't do it every day. I can't say I do it every day. No,
1: I mean, who can, I mean, that's not realistic. And that's the thing about, you know, some of the self-care gurus, like they're like, you have to blah, 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 you have to blah, blah, blah. And that now makes self-care even more stressful. Mm -hmm. So I like to think about like what I can do, you Mm -hmm. know, like, can I take two minutes and walk out and stand in the sun? Like, just take a deep Mm -hmm. breath. Can Mm -hmm. I just take a breath? You know, like my stuff some days, Erin, is so simple. It's not, you know, a mask and a bath and all these wonderful things. And those are great. Trust me, who wouldn't want those every day? But realistically, if you're a working mom, if you're a single mom, if you have multiple kids, if you're a sandwich, gen where you're caught between adult that you care for and children you care for, the idea of taking a two hour bath and having one of these fabulous night routines, which I watch on YouTube, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, would right. that be great? Um, I, I specifically like to watch, if you guys get a chance, just Google on YouTube, like, Japanese night routine. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Even just watching it, like, relaxes me. Um, but, you know, it's it's about trying to pick and choose your battles. Like, what can you do with your nutrition? Now, I was doing bananas off the wall meal planning. But what I found, Aaron, is that was really stressful for me to do the whole yeah. week. So I decided right. I'm going to meal plan lunches only. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because you watch everything and everything's like breakfast, lunch and dinner, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then I had all this food in the fridge. I didn't eat it. I wasn't home You know, I got called away. And so some of these things are more like ideals. They're not they're not what's going to be balancing your mental health, because if it's causing you more
2: stress to have this health, like where do you draw the line? That's so true. I mean, you bring up, I mean, the meal planning in itself can make it's crazy making, right? Some people thrive on that depending on the personality, but you know, I like to say blessed are the flexible for they shall never be broken. And I like to do a flexible style of meal plan. Like if it's Wednesday night and I had this, you know, I was going to do say, I don't know, Pasta and spaghetti sauce. I always add in all the veggies to my spaghetti sauce. So I use my blender for that. And I don't know, maybe I don't want to do that many steps. Then I scrap it and I do something else. I have to be flexible with that because it really depends on my energy load. And I think minding our energy load is important. You know, being able to like you talking about that intentionality of anytime you can slow down, even if it's just two minutes, you know, just to check in with yourself and go, okay where is my energy capacity today like i've got to make dinner my kids are going crazy you know my phone's blowing up what is my energy capacity and can i pivot and i think that even that ability to pivot creates some stress resilience and it's healthy for us and if that means ooh you know ordering out if that means going through the drive through if that's going to save some mental sanity even though I love cooking from home and I love all of my healthy, organic foods and da da, da I've had to learn that sometimes it's okay right. <laughs> to, to pivot, call an audible, you know, and, and just change plans that that's okay too. And sometimes that's better for mental health than anything else.
1: Right. Well, and I think, you know, right now, all three of your kids are at home, right?
2: Yes, uh-huh. Yes. The oldest is in and out. She's in college. she's living at home, but yeah, she she's kind of on her own for the most part.
1: <laughs> right. So when they start, like I thought, oh, you know, when my kids go off to college or my kids are high school students, they have their own car, it would be easier. There's actually a different level of stress in there because the amount of people eating dinner in my house can go from two to eight yeah and i'm never sure you know when my son comes home with his girlfriend or my other Mm -hmm. son comes home with his girlfriend or both of them stop by with both of their girlfriends Mm -hmm. now that's where (laughs) i'm like you know throwing food in the air going okay how do i feed all these people and you know when your grown kids or growing kids come home and they bring their friends it's a gift like for everyone that loves their kids you don't want to be like ah why did you bring so-and-so and then your roommate too like you know, so we're like these mom magicians, you know, the magician mom that goes, okay, how do I make this happen? And yeah, we can use the old standbys of spaghetti and meatballs, you know, throw some pasta on, you know, there's ways to stretch things, but those aren't necessarily the healthiest choices. And so I don't know if this is like not good or good. I make the healthy meal for me and then I let everybody pick from whatever's there because I think you're I'm old they're young they can adapt better than I can I mean I have a 50 year old liver a 50 year old kidney a 50 year old you know set of lungs so I'm like all right so I will make I'll prep for me and then I'll put more food out or more leftovers out for everybody else
2: yeah. I think choices are important. And even, I mean, my oldest too, it's funny. She rarely eats with us. Although I, last night was the first time in a long time, all of us got to eat dinner together. It was wonderful. And I saw her sit down and she had cut up a bell pepper and set it down with her at, at her meal. I thought that was amazing. She works at a movie theater and she it's one of those sit down dining movie theaters. So she gets all of that food all the time. And so You know, from the time she was really little, I was like, I want you to have some kind of vegetable. I don't care what it is raw cooked, whatever you get to pick. And so even the fact that she sat down and had her cut up vegetable made me so happy because I thought, okay, that's the choice that she made. She didn't have to make that choice, but that's instilling those habits of maybe some phytonutrients from fruit or vegetables can be added in. And same thing for my younger, I mean, everybody's got so many opinions about how they like their vegetables. That's kind of my non-negotiable. I'll leave them out. You get to pick what you want and then we'll go from there. But I don't, I'm not like a, Oh, eat all your vegetables, or you have to have this on this day, you know, like that's so stressful. So I'll yes. eat all of my vegetables and every variety that's out there because I love them and they make me feel good. And I figured that out after, however many years of <laughs> you know <laughs> playing this game, but I want them to kind of start to tune in on their own. So I give them choices. So hopefully they can choose when the, when it comes down to it. Right, and you know, there are preferences that kids have and they do change. You know,
1: one of the things that I've done since my kids were little and I still do it because here's my vegetable platter for dinner. One kid doesn't eat carrots, Mm -hmm. one doesn't eat broccoli my dad doesn't eat cucumbers or peppers I'm the only one who eats mushrooms so what I end up doing is I have just a container and I throw all the vegetables in there that I clean and chop up and they're all mixed up in there people take their fork and they pick what they want and you know what it's better than having an argument of eat your carrots eat your peas eat your pea pods my dad will never eat a pea pod he's 89 he probably hasn't eaten a cucumber ever Hates them, won't eat them. But that doesn't mean I can't have cucumbers. And I think that's really hard when, and this goes to the mental health thing. I got to the point, Erin, I've got one who's gluten intolerant, you know, medically speaking, not just doesn't like it. Then I have one who's lactose intolerant at the dinner table. Then I have my dad on a restricted, low sodium, low, you know, kind of fat, low carb diet. And then there's me. And I'm like, type that in, try to go to Google. I used to do that, like to type in, you know, and I'll use AI, give me a recipe. And it's like, okay, cholesterol med cannot have shrimp, you know, so and so can't have this, you know, to try to make a meal started to get to the point where I was ready to cry by the time mealtime came around, because I couldn't handle all of these dietary challenges, but then preferences as well. So this is when I started on Sunday making five or six meals that kind of would suit a mix and match. And then I put them on the counter and the kids dish up what they want. And if they eat the lactose intolerant, won't eat the lasagna, has got cheese in it. But if the, the you know, the, the gluten kid can, and it's made with, you know, gluten-free pasta, like I'm tired just thinking about it, Right. you know, <laughs> but everybody can scoop and go. And you know what, yeah. if you want lasagna and you're going to have an upset tummy because of your glucose, your choice, like you're old enough to know, but putting all these different meals down, it was meals became more like a buffet, grab your plate, warm it up in the microwave and sit down. And I got over the fact that we're all eating the same meal. Yeah. Because that wasn't possible. And it was really stressing me out. I got to the point where I didn't even want to think about meals because it was so frustrating.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and even I think about the times my husband's working late, he doesn't always eat dinner with us. And so whatever I make, he gets to have for his lunch the next day. So it's that, or maybe I make it all and then realize, Oh, I forgot we have practice at night. Okay. Well, that's my lunch tomorrow. Cause that has happened before too. It's like, Oh, it's soccer practice <laughs> and I made dinner and I don't have time to eat it. So I guess I'll drink a protein shake and <laughs> get it tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, we have to have that flexibility. And I think that, that is maybe even primary to our mental health before we get into what we're eating, it's how we're eating and how we're setting it up and how we're giving people their choices and and flexibility. I think that's so important. Yeah. Well, yeah, because as we learn more about
1: bodies, you know, we took these body health tests that found Three in my family all align the same way with the lactose, the you know problems with alcohol, problems with all these things. And then there's the one outlier, like, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do um, with these things? And, you know, trying to make a healthy meal and deal with food. Likes and dislikes. And how about the stuff that just doesn't make you feel good? You don't have a, you know, verified, like I love a big bowl of pasta. I'm not going to lie. Like who doesn't, but then I'm literally ready to fall asleep an hour after dinner and not in a good way. It's that passing by, you know, the passing out kind, not I'm laying down because I feel good kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I was just, you know, writing about that the other day for an Instagram post, because it's, we've got to be able to tune into our own individual triggers for me bread and, and I love sourdough bread. I can have, you know, I'm trying to integrate gluten. I was gluten-free for a long time, trying to integrate it back in here and there, especially in sourdough because it seemed it's fermented a little easier right. on the gut. So I had a sandwich with sourdough bread the other day. I'm telling you, this is a work day for me. And within an hour, I was ready for a nap. I did not want to do the things that I needed to do. And my nope. brain not functioning the way it normally does. I realized I didn't have, it was just a basic sandwich with meat and sourdough. I mean, there was not a lot of fluff on it. Normally I like to load up the veggies. I like to have more protein and fat. And that keeps me fueled for hours. And I don't have that afternoon crash. Man, that bread as delicious as it was, (laughs) was a good lesson for me to go. Okay. If I'm going to do something like that, I'm going to do it at night because at that point, it's okay to check out (laughs) mentally. It's okay to relax afterwards. But during the day, I want to be aware of my triggers in morning and afternoon. I like to focus on the fat and protein. That's just what's going to keep me going for longer. I know some people like to have something like oatmeal in the morning. That doesn't work for me. If I have oatmeal, I'm hungry in two hours, Mm. unless I'm really being intentional about loading it up with some flaxseed or other fiber, um, that, that can kind of hold me over, but I typically, I need the protein. I need the fat and that will give me the energy. And I think that's important too. think about what's the food that gives you energy. What's the food that makes you feel like you can go three or four hours until you're hungry again. I right. don't have time to snack snacking great. I don't have a problem with it, but I don't have time for that. I don't have time to think about my food because I'm hangry. <laughs> right. I want to load up my meals so that I can do the things that I need to do. And that's going to look different for everybody
1: yeah it's different for everybody that's the the biggest thing and slowing down enough to figure out what works for you or if you can't slow down one of the things that helped me was i would when i wouldn't feel good i would immediately grab my phone and go what did i just eat in the last couple hours and throw it in the notes app like not anything fancy no food diary no food log And I started making the connection between what foods helped me get through my day and what foods didn't. Like for me, two eggs and a piece of toast for breakfast, I can go all day. But like you said, oatmeal, I'm hungry in a couple hours if I just have the toast. Even if I have avocado toast, I don't know what it is, the difference between the egg and the avocado, but... For me, it makes a huge difference. Maybe there's some nutritional thing, but if I eat eggs and a piece of toast and I use Dave's killer bread, because I just love it, then I'm good for hours. But anything else, donut, bagel, even with cream cheese, even loaded up with all this stuff, it's just not a great start to my morning.
2: Yeah. And you know, something to think about that really, it took me a long time to even learn this is the concept of amino acids and what they do for our mental health and One factor, like think about dopamine, let's take dopamine for example, because we all need dopamine. That's our get up and go. It's our motivation. We love having some dopamine, especially in the morning Well, we build dopamine from tyrosine tyrosine, we get from protein. And so loading up on protein in the morning, like good 20 to 30 grams of protein will last you for hours because we go through eight to 10 grams of protein every hour. So say you get 30 grams of protein within three hours, you're through with those amino acids. And you're able to be ready for the next meal. We don't store protein. So that's where that emphasis on protein is huge because then we're creating dopamine. We also create things like serotonin, which we love. That's like the, quote, feel good neurotransmitter. You know, that's where we help where we don't feel as anxious. We feel calmer. We even have more regulated bowel movements, which is pretty important, but we build serotonin from tryptophan tryptophan. You can get in oats, which is awesome. But tryptophan is really plentiful in all animal proteins as well. And even some, you know, like if you do like a protein shake or protein powder, things like that, or, um, a yogurt or cottage cheese is having a moment. People are loving cottage cheese for the protein content and the probiotics but that could last in the, you know, for a good few hours, especially in combination with some B vitamins, which you get through good whole food sources like eggs. So I'm just thinking about your eggs example. I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if it's creating some dopamine for you because it has B vitamins, it has amino acids in it. And that conversion is going to help to give you that motivation and that get up and go. And so that's one of the big focuses that I work on with clients is just the protein content. When you get that in, how do you feel? If you don't, how do you feel? It's a good experiment. Sometimes by the end of the day, I'll I'll check in with myself and go, gosh, I'm tired. I'm more tired than usual. What's going on and realize I didn't get as much protein the first part of the day. And it's a, it's a, it's a good kind of experiment. I would say to, to practice, to see how different things, like you said, how What were you saying? The different foods that give you energy, the different foods that that don't Um, think about it with specific sources like protein sources and what that does. I love digging into that.
1: Yeah, because even just just doing my little thing on my phone, like if I have trouble using the bathroom, I can almost guarantee you that I ate beef. You know, versus uh, chicken uh-huh. versus fish during this versus something. So I make sure that I eat maybe a little bit less than I normally would, even though, you know, they made tri-tip this weekend. It was so good. I could have eaten like the whole plate. But, you know, the point is you need to know what works with your body. And it doesn't have to be this big chore. Everybody's carrying their phone. Open the notes app. If you notice like your tummy's rumbling or you're tired or something's weird, go back and look at what you ate in the last couple hours. There are clues there and that's what really helped me.
2: Yeah, there really are. And that's a good, I want to touch on beef. I love that you brought that up because that is difficult for a lot of people to break down. I believe beef is probably one of the most nutrient dense super foods foods we have as far as the mineral content and vitamin content. But unless you have O blood type, you might have a difficult time producing the stomach acid that breaks down those things and, and separates the minerals and the minerals are kind of the best part of beef if we're going to have beef. So it's, it's something it's very individual to be aware of not everybody's going to digest it well. And so, yeah, I, I love that individualization of it.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, we want to feel good. And you know, if I eat things that make me feel good, I'm less apt to snack. I'm less apt to reach for something like, you know, medicate through food, reach for some candy or reach for some carb that I really shouldn't be eating, because I don't feel that good or or drinking things that I don't want to be normally drinking because I think I need it for energy.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another aspect of that to touch on is how our vegetables are act as prebiotics for our our gut bacteria and our gut bacteria can also help to convert to neurotransmitters. Like I mentioned the serotonin, the dopamine, the GABA, all of that. And so when we're getting enough vegetables as prebiotics. And specifically, I really love the cruciferous veggies, which is like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, cabbage. Those are the main ones. Arugula can be thrown in there, but I love cruciferous veggies because it helps to aid in detoxification and it gives a lot of good prebiotic fiber that that gut bacteria is going to, it's like miracle grow for the bacteria that we want to be flourishing. And that's going to help to promote better brain health and better mood health. And that's along with, you know, I touch on protein, but if I, man, if I could just pick two things for people to include every single day, get in a cruciferous veggie and make sure you're getting enough protein in the morning. If people could just do those two things for five days, that would be a really valid experiment into having better brain health, better energy, better sleep, even all of that.
1: Love that. Love that. Well, if you loved what you heard today, go ahead and check out com. Aaron Carey, on behalf of Aaron and myself, Sandra Beck, will be back again soon with another great episode.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or Find us on iTunes for more than 500 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.